everyone, welcome to What Really Works, a mental health podcast for young adults and youth. In these podcasts, you can expect to hear us chat about mental health and provide well-being tips and tricks with the odd joke thrown in. What Really Works is brought to you by Discovery College, an initiative run by the Canadian Mental Health Association, Kelowna, where lived and living experience and learned experience informs everything we do. Now let's get started with today's episode. What really works, listeners? <laughs> I am so excited to do that live. Hi, Becky. How are you? Nervous. I was just going to say, I'm, I'm so a bit nervous, nervous as well. <laughs> it feels as though we're just having our regular podcasty conversation, but we're in this fancy, fancy space. Dressed I'm, fancy, even. I know, and coming to people live. On Mental Health Week. Yeah. How exciting. How much better can it get? But also, how much more nerve-wracking can it get? Yes, definitely. But, you know, that's a part of what we're actually talking about today to kick off Mental Health Week. I don't know if the listeners know, but Monday, this Monday, today, Mm -hmm. we are kicking off my favorite week of the year. Love it more than Christmas. Love it more than summertime, the beginning of summer. It's Mental Health Week. Bold claims. Well, I know, super bold claims, (laughs) but you know me for that kind of stuff. Uh, what is our Mental Health Week on this yeah. week, year week, Becky? <laughs> yeah, so CMHA National's theme this year is we want to get real about our emotions. We want to name our emotions, not numb them. Hashtag name not numb. Yeah, pretty, pretty tough topic, but pretty important topic too. I would say a massively important topic because how are we supposed to be able to really process and deal with our emotions if we don't know what we're feeling. We can literally do nothing about a situation that's impacting us if we're not aware of how it is impacting us. Like we can literally change nothing if we're not gonna be aware of how we feel about something. Yeah, so it sounds really easy. It sounds, okay, so I just need to know how I feel. And then after I know how (laughs) I feel, I can process what I'm feeling and then accept it and everything's good to go. If only everything related to mental health was as simple as that and I don't know about you but I find it really hard to know how I feel mm-hmm. yep. <laughs> each day I wake up and I'm like ah oh, I feel so many different things and I don't know what I'm gonna do with the rest of my day or how I'm gonna feel later it's constantly changing and it's actually something that we need to practice yeah it's definitely yeah it's a skill so Becky what's mm-hmm. the first thing that comes to your mind when someone says like what are emotions things that come to my mind straight away just like words are popping into my head so i think hard and difficult and complicated come to my mind Mm -hmm. just when i'm thinking about like my experience with emotions is thinking about like oh sometimes i just like like you say i have no idea what i'm feeling but i know i'm feeling something or a lot right so that's what comes to mind but then also natural comes to my mind like emotions are part of the human experience they are part of is as humans like and i think that's something that gets forgotten because we're harsh about ourselves harsh towards ourselves when it comes to talking about emotions but they're natural yeah we're especially hot on ourselves when we have emotions that are like anger or sadness Mm -hmm. or if we feel depressed or anxiety i know for me whenever i'm feeling anxious i'm a little bit hard on myself even though i identify as someone that lives with anxiety because it's one of those emotions that we don't necessarily want to feel all the time Mm -hmm. and we're more accepting of our 
when we're happy or mm. when we're gleeful or joyful, yeah. all of these other synonyms for yeah. feeling happy, right? Yeah, but it's, you know what, the, the thing about emotions is I think we forget that we actually need them in our mm. lives. Emotions guide us, right? They are our response to a situation be that an external situation in the sense that something's happening to us or we're seeing something happening. Also internal situations, so the way, way we are thinking about things can cause emotions for us. Um, and we have to bear in mind we've evolved for these, right? We have a whole system within our brain that is for emotions. Like we have the limbic system, literally something specific for this, right? So there is a really big purpose for them and they guide how we do. We first, we first feel before we think and before we act, right? So we actually need to be able to name those emotions to then think about, okay, like this is what's going on for me. So this is what I am going to maybe try to do. They're the front lines. Yeah. They're our first defense, our first offense, the very first thing that we experience. And in addition to everything that you said, they help with our emotional regulation, which mm -hmm. is a buzzword. What really works, listeners, if you've listened to our podcast at all, we've talked about naming our emotions a little bit before, but we have also talked about emotional regulation. Um, emotional regulation is so, so important for our mental well-being. Um, you can think about mindfulness, for example, is something that we do to regulate our emotions. Emotional regulation is really just about noticing how we feel, mm -hmm accepting how we feel, processing those emotions, and then moving forward. Yeah, which I think we're going to get stuck into that a little bit more because we've kind of spoken about what emotions are, but we'll then talk about actually like what we can do to support ourselves with naming those emotions, not numbing them. Because um, we are live, feel free to submit any questions. We're coming to you on Facebook Live right now. So if you want to type in any questions, me and Olivia will do our absolute best to answer those questions. We have a whole tech team here, all socially distanced around us, um, helping with that. So feel free to ask any questions about emotions, mental health week, whatever it is that we're kind of talking about, and we will definitely try and answer those questions. Yeah, I would love to answer some questions from our listeners. I know, it would be so nice. So back to emotional regulation. Yes. Why is it important, and why is it important when we're talking about naming those emotions instead of numbing them? Because it's like I say, like we actually can't do anything w in the sense of, we can't approach a situation if we're not aware of how we're feeling about it, right? Well, we can. Well, but but we <laughs> might not necessarily do with it in the way that is helpful for us, supportive for us, or even just the way that we want to. Or helpful to the people that we're speaking to as well, yeah, right? If I'm really point. angry and I don't know that I'm actually angry mm -hmm. and I just think that I'm either sad or I feel as though I'm completely in check and then I approach a situation like with you for example and I'm just ready to go yeah I'm just heated <laughs> I'm ready for a fight but I don't really know that I think that I'm just gonna come to a conversation and approach you in a respectful way to try to get to the bottom of what I'm experiencing yeah. set my boundaries whatever it might be but if I haven't checked in with myself ahead of time, then you best believe that conversation is not gonna go the way that I want it to go. Yeah, which is not supportive for you, it doesn't help with the situation for you, but also the people around you, right? Mm -hmm. It can be incredibly confusing and all that kind of stuff. And it's also incredibly tiring for us if we are not naming our emotions. Think about how tiring it is <laughs> trying to like shove everything under the carpet. 
Um, a, somebody that we work with once described to me about kind of when it comes to emotions and trying to numb these things or like hide them or like not deal with it, not be aware of it. It's like trying to push balls underwater. Mm -hmm. And the, it, just think about how tiring that is if we're not naming these emotions around us, we're just trying to keep on pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. Um, like, it's just so, it's so tiring. It is really tiring. And I think one of the reasons it is, is because you're just, you're not letting yourself process what you're feeling. A part of everything that we're talking about, naming those emotions, processing, accepting, is the really difficult task of pinning down what are, what am I actually feeling? <laughs> so what do I do if I'm having trouble naming these emotions? Because we're saying just name it, and it sounds so easy like we mentioned before, but there are a couple things that we can do to help ourselves be able to name those emotions, and we can practice at naming them. Yes, and that's a key thing, practicing. Uh -huh. Yeah, it's something that I need to practice more <laughs> at all the time, to be honest. One of the things that I really like to do, and we've talked about it before, is an emotions list. Mm -hmm. So this can be a list that you compile yourself uh, with emotions that you want to list and then be able to reference when maybe you're going through a, a hard time. You don't really know how you're feeling, but you know that you're not feeling yourself. And you can run through this list and try to pinpoint and target down exactly what it is that you're feeling or maybe some area that you're yeah. feeling. Or we can download an emotions list offline. They have lots of them available for you to go and check out. Huge list of like hundreds and hundreds of emotions that I didn't even know existed. <laughs> and then use that to try to narrow down just where you're at and what you're experiencing. Yeah, and that's the thing as well that you mentioned about um, looking at emotion lists online and how there was a lot on there that you hadn't necessarily heard of. So much, right? yeah. We actually tend to have a really limited vocabulary to describe our emotions. I mean, sadness, <laughs> anger, frustration, happy, that's about it. Yeah, exactly. Other than that, I'm like, what are the other emotions? Yeah. But the thing with emotions is they're so much more complex than that, and like you say, so many more than that. So sometimes, even when we're trying to name them, maybe we are trying to practice it, but when we have only a few words to describe our emotions or only a few emotions to select from that we're letting ourselves select from, then we're also not being really aware of it because maybe we're picking sad when actually when we look at an emotion list, it could be grief. And yeah. that needs a lot different and maybe a lot more support than just feeling sad, right? Mm -hmm. So those emotion lists are so great for us in expanding that in the, that knowledge of emotions as well as helping us to be able to name it. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes when I am feeling a lot of emotions, my mind's pretty fuzzy. So even me just thinking like, oh, what is it that I'm feeling right now can feel like a lot. Yeah. Um, so having that emotions list can be incredibly supportive. And especially supportive if um, you've kind of been brought up in a kind of an upbringing where maybe what it emotions aren't spoken about. Mm -hmm. I think that's something we have to bear in mind as well, is that a lot of us have been told, oh, you don't talk about your emotions. I think that that's incredibly important to bring up because there is a bit of a taboo or a bit of a stigma about telling others how you feel and genuinely how you feel we yes. can think about the classic example when someone walks up to you on the street and says oh how are you doing how are you what's the answer 
Always. Good. Yeah, I'm doing good. Doing fine. How about you? Whereas I've been trying to practice saying how I'm actually feeling. You know, I'm doing the best I've done in a long time. I'm feeling really happy. Or, you know, I'm really feeling very anxious today Mm -hmm. and I'm not doing well. This is a great practice, not only for you as the person practicing naming that emotion and getting comfortable with those emotions and destigmatizing those emotions, but also so other people know where you're at so that they can support you. If I'm around my friends and I tell them, yo, I'm feeling a little anxious today, then my friends know that. So if Olivia's acting a little weird, maybe she's a little bit more quiet or whatever it might be, then no one's going to come up to me and say, hey, like, what's wrong? Are you okay? Because yeah. they know that I'm not feeling the greatest, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And you're, you're also opening up that conversation yeah. as well. Like, you being honest about, like, when somebody's like, hey, how are you doing? Like, you know what? Today I'm actually feeling a little bit anxious. Or like, you know what? Today I'm feeling really good. Like, also you're opening up that conversation for that person to be like, oh, like, I can also say how I'm really feeling, right? That's such a good point because maybe now they'll tell you what's actually going on for them and you can have a supportive conversation together. Mm -hmm. Or, you know, if that other person can't support you in the moment, that's okay. They can just say that. It's just, there's more substance to it, right? There's just more going on. Yeah. And just the thing about emotions is, you know, when we're going to something like an emotion list to help us be aware of what we're experiencing, to be able to name what we're experiencing, we always have to remember that whatever emotion it is that we are experiencing, or emotions, we're kind of talking about it very individually, like... Oh yeah, <laughs> no, you can feel box. like 20 at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> which is incredibly complicated. Um, but we have to bear in mind that whatever emotion it is that we are experiencing, we're experiencing it for a reason and it's valid, right? Mm-hmm. So I think that's something as well that, I think that's maybe also why people are always a little bit nervous to name those emotions and have conversations about it. Because sometimes we've had experiences where we've been invalidated about that emotion. Where it's like, oh, you shouldn't be feeling like that. Yeah. And it's like, that that's not very helpful, that's not very supportive. So we need to always have that kind reminder to ourselves that like, all emotions are valid. There is no such thing as a bad emotion. They're all there to kind of guide us and let us know what is going on for us. Mm-hmm. Even if you feel as though you're overreacting to a situation or perhaps you think, you know, I shouldn't be as mad as I am right now or I don't want to be sad about this, whatever it is that you're thinking or feeling, that's okay. Like, it's okay to have that emotion. It's ne- You're never, ever, ever, ever wrong for feeling the way that you feel. One thing that we do want to talk about, though, is when you're feeling that way, how can we check in with ourselves so that we are able to approach those situations in a good way like we were talking about earlier? We definitely start with naming that emotion. Mm -hmm. But another thing that we can do is actually do check-ins after we do supportive activities. So, for example, if I'm just feeling really upset like I'm really frustrated for whatever reason something that I can do to support myself is maybe I'm going to do a little bit of yoga after I do some yoga I'm going to check in with myself and rate my emotion on a scale of 1 to 10 of where I'm feeling if I'm still feeling 10 super super angry then I'll do another thing to support myself maybe I'll go take a shower or maybe I'll watch some Netflix and then keep reevaluating where those emotions are at. So not only are you seeing what supports yourself, Mm -hmm. but you're also like 
practicing that over and over again so that you're in a good position whenever it is that you're going to speak to someone or whatever you're going to do next with your day. Or you can even as well on your emotion list, like this is something that I have, is like post-it notes next to the emotions that are activities that I know support me in that emotion. So like you mentioned like anger, like I might be like, okay, like I know that I need to do like some form of cardio. I know that I need to do some kind of movement so that that's going to help me. With sadness that I, you know, I know actually when I'm feeling sad, I kind of just need to sit in it. Yeah. So like it can be helpful to have those emotion lists with, like you say, a check-in and a supportive activity. Can be a really great way of just kind of starting to accept those emotions. So we've had a question and our question is, what if you name that emotion? Mm-hmm. So I approach you and like, I'm feeling really sad today yeah. for whatever reason. But, and I'm afraid to do that. It's a really vulnerable thing for me to come to someone and tell them how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And then that's received negatively by the person that I've told. That's such a tricky situation mm-hmm. because you've already put yourself out there. You've already taken those incredibly brave and vulnerable steps to to name it and to then have a conversation with a person and and to kind of set that boundary kind of of like hey you know what like I feel I feel sad because of this or I feel frustrated because of like this happening um when it is received negatively it's really hard because then we take that on ourselves yeah right we kind of immediately think okay like this is because of me but the thing is is like I said before you know all of our emotions are valid and if we're feeling that way like that's that's how we're feeling and nobody can tell us otherwise um have you had this happen to you before I've had it happen to me so many times of me feeling a certain way approaching someone about that situation and completely being invalidated and someone saying like that's not my problem like I don't you know I'm not responsible for your feelings which is totally fair like Mm -hmm. you're not but through those conversations I think it's important to recognize like you say that your feelings are valid but when you are invalidated by someone recognizing that it might be their inability to be able to support you in that situation or support you with that feeling in the moment because they have their own feelings about it yeah right like maybe I've approached you because I'm sad about something and that activates some sadness in you so you just don't feel as though you're in a place where you can support me with that emotion or you know I don't know we all have different experiences and we all deal with those emotions differently and deal with those conversations differently so trying not to take it personally but then still continuing to practice I feel I don't know I think it also depends on like what the relationship is with that person yeah so if that person is particularly close with us so for example if it's a parent or a caregiver or a partner or a close friend a teacher anything like that where like there is that kind of relationship where you maybe you're speaking to them because you're really hoping for that support or you're really hoping to have a conversation about why you're feeling that way um I've had it sometimes where like you say, I've been invalidated where it's like, oh, you don't need to be stressed about that. Oh, you don't need to worry about that. That's a classic. Mm-hmm. Oh, you don't need to worry about that. It'll all be fine. I've just told you I'm feeling really worried about this. Um, and sometimes I will use a win statement in that situation. I love win 
So a when statement is saying, W stands for when you, and you'll say like when somebody's action. So for example, it might be like, when you say, I don't need to worry about that, when I've said I'm feeling worried, then the I is I feel. So it's like, I feel invalidated and it makes me feel more angry and a bit unsupported. And then you go into N, which is I need. So I need you to just acknowledge that that's how I'm feeling and not dismiss what I'm trying to have a conversation about. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, as well as like, you know, if that person originally didn't necessarily, um, maybe kind of rejected what you said originally about your emotions, they might not always be also open to a win statement afterwards, but we do know that we've tried to do the best that we can. We've tried to have the best conversations that we can. Um, and sometimes we just have to be kind to ourselves. <laughs> um, and maybe sometimes we have to seek support elsewhere. Yeah, and recognizing the way that someone responds to what we say is not in our control. Mm-hmm. I love a win statement. I love setting boundaries. I love naming our emotions, all of these things. But we can't net, we can't control how someone will react to it. And these are things that we have to practice. And it's not the, these conversations using win statements, setting boundaries are not conversations that we typically practice all of the time, right? It, it takes a lot. It takes a lot of effort from us to be able to do these things. It takes a lot of vulnerability. So be kind to yourself if someone doesn't accept it in the way that you wanted to. And also be kind to yourself if conversations don't go the way that you plan them to. Yeah, and also you you can take time as well. Like you can ask for time. I know sometimes when somebody's like invalidated what I've tried to approach them about, I'm like, okay, like I need to have like a conversation with you in the future about this, but I'm like too upset about this or I'm too angry about this to, kind of continue this conversation so could we maybe like in a couple of hours when maybe I've gone from like an anger on the 10 scale to maybe I've managed to bring it down to a level where I feel like I can have that conversation again as well we don't have to do everything all at once yeah absolutely so hopefully that was helpful (laughs) we have another question how can naming our emotions help with things like sleep or sleep quality I get good sleep. That's the one thing. I'm like, my (laughs) mental health, yeah, it's all over the place all the time. But my sleep, I get pretty good sleep, which is a blessing. Should I tell you when I don't get good sleep, though? Yeah. When I've got a lot going on and I won't won't accept that I have a lot going on. I actually had a dream about our podcast live yesterday (laughs) because I was so nervous about it. I was like, oh, no. So how can naming our emotions help us with sleep? Well, I think it's exactly that, where if we know – how we're feeling. Yesterday, I was feeling nervous. I was feeling excited. I was feeling, I felt a little unprepared yesterday because, you know, you got to run through things again. If you name all those things and all those emotions, not things, and then have that in the back of your mind, I think that just naturally helps us subconsciously process exactly what's going on for us. So that when we are sleeping or when we were, we go put our heads to rest for the night, we already kind of know what's going on for us. Mm-hmm. And we can also take steps to help support us with what we're feeling yeah. that night. Yeah. And when we think about it from an evolution sense, when we are trying to bury our emotions, if we have like some hard emotions going on for us and we're trying to bury it sleep like sweep it under the carpet 
numb it, pretend it's not happening, and like you say, not accepting it, not acknowledging it, we are 100% in our fight or flight response. Yeah. We are 100% trying to fight the fact, like keep on pushing that ball down of like, this isn't happening, this isn't happening, right? Which our body cannot go to sleep when we're in a fight or flight response because our sleep needs to be away from that response to start to shut down and go, okay, like now is a safe time to go to sleep. Well, we have all this adrenaline pumping through us, which yeah. makes it you can't you can't go to sleep yeah just like think about even just like I, f I think a lot of people can probably identify with the experience of feeling really stressed about something yeah and then not being able to sleep because that's all that they can think about right mm -hmm. if we aren't naming whatever emotions they are then again it's the same our brain is kind of we're just constantly having this fight within our thoughts which means we just aren't giving our brain the chance to shut down and then the problem is with that is as we continue to do that, the less sleep we get means the less energy and the, the less we're able to then deal with those emotions the next day. Yeah, the less prepared we are. Yeah. Speaking of being prepared, one of the things that I would suggest for this, if you are experiencing problems with your sleep because of the emotions that you're feeling or the stress, whatever it is that you're going through, Becky and I like to do something called preparing for tough days. So if we know that we have a tough day coming up, whatever it might be, or we're just not feeling our best because there's something that's going to be happening that's causing our emotions to go a little awry, we actually prepare for that ahead of time where we'll come up with supportive practices for ourselves to support those emotions during that time. So for example, we knew that we were going to have this podcast. So we met up ahead of time, had some nice relaxing tea together, talked through things, a supportive technique. I did some yoga last night to try to relax my brain. Becky knows I like to do sleep meditations. I did a sleep meditation, um, but one that focused on uh, positivity and excitement for the next day to try nice. to prepare my brain. So things like that can, can really help. That's a really great way of supporting yourself. Yeah, thank you. You're I appreciate welcome. it. <laughs> Another question, perfect. What advice do you have for people struggling with the pandemic? Well, first of all, same. Yeah, same. The pandemic, everything that's happened this year with COVID, with just the world in general has been really tough for a lot of people, us included. And it's something that we've talked on the podcast uh, a fair bit about because I find that all of our stress levels, everyone, is just at a higher baseline right now to where I'm working every working through things every day, feeling as though I'm fine, and then one tiny, tiny, tiny little thing happens, and all of a sudden I'm just like pff, out, out for the count, yeah. not myself, not feeling great, and it's because there's so much stress and there's so much just there's so much going on for us right now. Yeah, it's a lot for us to try to manage with, like we're as humans not like really built to deal with so much long-term stress no we're not so much long-term change so much long-term grief like we, we so i think i think the first part is is just knowing that we're not alone in struggling during the pandemic especially struggling with emotions during the pandemic i know i like you say i have a whirlwind of emotions 
Yeah. Um, and honestly, I have to take it week by week on how I'm doing. Sometimes I will kind of wake up on a Monday and I'm like, I'm feeling all right. Like, and so I'm going to just do the best that I can at that moment in time. But sometimes I'll wake up and I'm like, I'm just sad. Yeah. And I, I don't necessarily have any specific reasons to be sad. Um, apart from like, obviously, all, and that's the thing as well, is I think we quite often will be like, oh, I have no reasons to be sad. Um, when it's actually like, well, when we look at all the external things that are going on for us, like there are a lot of things that are going on for us. We've just kind of, I think, got a little bit numb to it. I think we've got used to it at this point where yeah. we're like, oh, this is just our baseline. This is our reality. But we have to remember that that reality is not normal for us to be moving through every day. Yeah, I think, I think the biggest thing is being aware of how we're feeling on that day or in that time and checking in with ourselves um, and saying like, hey, like, where am I feeling at today? Mm-hmm. Um, and then how do I want to go from that? Like, do I want to reach out to somebody to talk to? Or am I feeling a little bit more motivated today? So maybe I'm going to do some of the stuff that I've been having a harder time getting around to doing, you know? Yeah. So I think we've just got to take it day by day. And we're gonna, we always harp on about this, but be kind to ourselves about it. Yeah, take it day by day. Name that emotion. Figure out exactly how you feel that day. Mm-hmm. Try to process and accept that through whatever supportive techniques you want to use, whether that's reaching out for friends, going for a hike, um, self-care or self-soothing. If you need to self-soothe for a day, then self-soothe for a day. If you need to take time away from people, then do that. Do whatever it is that's going to support you in that immediate moment Mm -hmm. and be kind to yourself about it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I feel like this is a great question that's just come in. Okay. Which is, should we only name negative emotions? Ooh, you know what? That's such a great question because I feel as though we typically pay attention to our emotions more when they're negative quote-unquote negative well and that and as well like just as as mental health professionals and this being a mental health podcast during mental health week generally what people tend to have a harder time with are negative emotions yeah notice the quotations as well it says negative i know (laughs) so we speak about them more right because they're like sometimes can feel harder to go through but so i think that we should name all of our emotions and practice naming those good emotions too because not only does it help us practice for when we're going through that tough stuff but it also shows just the difference right I don't know about you but those bad days seem really really bad when you're having a bad day and one of the things that helps me is reflecting on the good days that I've had and knowing that a good day is going to come up again eventually on the roller coaster that we call life so if I'm keeping track of naming my emotions and the good ones and the those those positive things that I'm feeling then I think it puts those negative emotions into perspective a bit more as well well yeah and if we don't name those like maybe there's a day where we're feeling really happy maybe we're feeling really joyful maybe we're feeling really proud of something like we should be naming that and we should be celebrating that and like fully embracing that in that moment in time because Mm -hmm. If we don't, then we're kind of just plodding along and not enjoying those like good moments that happen for us, right? Yeah, we're not, I love that, celebrating ourselves. That's something that we need to do a lot. Let's pat ourselves on the back all the time. (laughs) 
for my lovely, lovely stars out there who identify as people living with mental health challenges, um, I think naming those positive emotions is incredibly, incredibly important, especially for me, someone who identifies as living with bipolar disorder, um, ma manic depressive. My emotions can be out of control, and if I don't pay attention to those positive emotions, then actually I can get out of control with the positive emotions, and then that will lead me to a crash. So extra important, I would say, for people that are experiencing a mental health challenge to really pay attention to those positive emotions as well so that we can kind of, so we can practice emotional regulation and try to have, at least for me, as someone with bipolar, a more stable baseline. Pay attention, paying attention to both extremes is really, really important. Yeah, that's a great point. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. Another question, would you support the idea that taking care of things like debt and financial responsibilities is self-care? 100%. Doing laundry, doing the dishes, financial obligations, taking care of debt, taking care of your children, um, nutrition, nutrition budgeting, exercise, boundaries, <laughs> self-care self in general, self-compassion, everything that we've spoken about, naming our emotions, emotional regulation, all of that is self-care yeah. because it's supporting ourselves to be our best in that moment and to also prepare to be, prepare to support ourselves as well. Yeah, and self-care is about trying to meet our needs in a healthy way, right? Yeah. So, you know, financial needs is a big thing for us and can have a big impact on our mental health, right? Oh, huge. So, things like that which don't necessarily get spoken about as much when it comes to self-care no. like you say those more things of like having a food plan or just like doing things that we're like okay like this is what healthy is for me like that's all part of self-care well i think when we speak about self-care we tend to speak about the like the cute self-care things <laughs> or the things that are actually self-soothing like taking a bubble bath like having you know, a fun t going out with friends, that sort of stuff can kind of verge into the realm of self-soothing rather mm -hmm. than self-care. And it's important for us to recognize that self-care is really geared towards that supportive element rather than just trying to erase what we're feeling or kind of numb what we're feeling in the back of our minds. Naming it, not numbing it. <laughs> Hashtag. <laughs> Amazing. We've been told by our tech team to move Becky's microphone. Yeah. <laughs> this is so this is so fun for us to be able to answer all of your questions and be able to interact with our listeners instead of just us alone in our little booth. <laughs> <laughs> just talking. Yeah. What is your favorite self-care practice, Becky? Ooh. Ooh. What is your favorite self-care practice that helps you with naming Ooh. your emotions the best? Renaming my emotions. Yeah. Or just processing them. Yeah, so there is one thing I do um, and have been practicing actually with, I guess, like accepting emotions is mm -hmm. the best way of describing it. Um, and it's around understanding what I believe about emotions. Ooh. So I think a lot of people identify with this once I kind of talk about what that is. Mm -hmm. So what I mean is... Um, a lot of us will have beliefs about emotions that can sometimes limit 
is when it comes to experiencing that emotion or can sometimes make it harder for us to accept that emotion. So the classic is kind of that anger is a bad emotion. Um, and kind of, I've been trying to work on challenging my beliefs about emotions. Um, and even me calling things like negative emotions, I'm like, well, actually, like, they're all there for a reason. Um, so I've been trying to, like, challenge my thoughts about that. Um, so, and that's been helping me to accept my emotions a little bit more, which then means I can kind of officially say, like, hey, yeah, I am angry about this situation, and then be able to approach it um, compared to, yeah, when I'm like, oh, maybe I am feeling angry, but I don't want to say I'm feeling, like, I don't want to accept that I'm feeling angry because angry is a bad emotion. Well, I love that you mentioned that because it limits us. Yeah. Having beliefs about anger being bad or us not wanting to tell people when we're feeling a certain way whether it be I'm feeling depressed or anxious or infuriated however whatever it is those emotions that we tend to see as negative it limits not only how we support ourselves but it also limits how other people can support us with those things and how they view those emotions themselves which just means that we're never moving forward in the conversation yeah we're not practicing those skills. We're not reducing. We're not getting rid of that limit. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. That's great. No problem. I'm going to practice that too. I'm going to copy you. <laughs> and the What Really Works listeners, y'all should copy Becky too because well, that's, that's a great suggestion. Sharing it so that others can give it a go if they want to. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. We have another question. Is there not a good way to name and share what emotions we are feeling Yes, I would say. I would say maybe coming up to someone and being like, I don't know, inappropriately yelling at them, how you feel would be not the best way to share that. But we're not perfect. Humans yeah. aren't perfect. And we make mistakes and we share the way that we're feeling in not the best ways sometimes, but that's okay because it happens. Yeah. And because sometimes emotions can make us maybe not respond the right the way that we would usually yeah. respond in situations. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like two kind of different examples come to my mind for that question. Mm. One is like you say, like maybe someone has like made you really angry about something or you're frustrated about something or you're really upset, whatever it is. Um, I like, and it's like one of the best one of the least productive ways i guess is a way of going about it is very much like then approaching it once we've named that emotion is really like pointing the finger of oh, like yeah. you always do this and this really upsets me like if we are wanting to approach someone about like their behavior that is then impacting us i always kind of say like you want to speak about their behavior and be like specific about the situation mm -hmm. because if you go in of like you always do this like then that person gets their back up and that conversation can kind of be unproductive. Mm -hmm. So that's one place. I think another place is as well is maybe we have named an emotion or what we're experiencing and um, whatever situation is going on for us. And maybe it's a lot that we're experiencing mm -hmm. and maybe we feel like we do really need to kind of offload. Um, and I think I would say in that situation, just checking in with your support person that you want to approach to say like, hey, um, do you have kind of the emotional space for me to come to you and speak to you about this? Because sometimes we want to go offload to a person, but actually 
that person is like at full emotional capacity we don't know what's going on for them yeah so that'd be the other situation letting them know that you need to vent yeah and that you're gonna let those emotions out in the way that feels authentic to you is really a great start i think even beyond naming our emotion naming our emotions what you said before is great for any conversation right using those i statements making sure that you're addressing behavior rather than blaming the person blame is a surefire way for a conversation to kind of deter into a conflict rather than conflict resolution Um, so there there are ways that we can try to support ourselves but also support that person in the best way possible through those conversations with win statements i statements checking in with ourselves before we have that conversation yeah yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. we have another question as well um so so i've not had covid my health's good and i've had my first vaccination but some days i feel tired and overwhelmed um so like why i guess yeah why might you feel tired or overwhelmed some days specifically about covid or just in general it can just in general well yeah that's a great question (laughs) i wish i knew the answer to that question of why (laughs) i begin to feel overwhelmed it can be number one thing that i would say is try to figure out why you're overwhelmed is there something new in your life that's been that's making you feel overwhelmed is it covid that's making you feel overwhelmed um is there a change in your routine perhaps Are you just not feeling great? And if you're not feeling great, that's okay. If there's no specific reason, that's okay. But I would first maybe like start by brain mapping it out to see what's new, what's changed, what's working for you, what's not working for for you, and then move on from there with supportive techniques. Sometimes we might not realize how many plates we're spinning. Yeah. Sometimes we might actually be spinning a lot, a lot more plates. Um, which can be tiring, takes our energy. And then also well, it can be overwhelming if somebody adds another plate in there and it's like, my hands are full, like this is too much. Um, but sometimes we don't realize um, because we're kind of functioning at that high level um, of kind of stress sometimes, or just high level of like busyness, things being ta- like energy. Um, and sometimes we don't realize until like you say something comes along where somebody's like, hey, like, can you do this or like there's a change something like that where it's like okay like now I just feel overwhelmed like I just I feel like I'm frozen in place yeah I mean I have some days where I wake up and I feel completely overwhelmed for what I see as no reason because I haven't checked in with myself lately I haven't really taken count of all of the things that I have to do of where I'm at with myself I have maybe I haven't done some self-care recently Uh, so I haven't spent a lot of time with just myself and with my emotions Mm -hmm. Um, you know feeling overwhelmed is completely normal it's completely natural especially right now when there's so much going on for us all of the time that we just have in the background and then stressful things on top of that it's just it's totally valid to feel overwhelmed or to not even know what to do because you're so overwhelmed I would say just start by taking a couple deep breaths brainstorm what it is that's going on for you and then listen to our other podcast to try to get some supportive more supportive techniques than what we've mentioned today we have lots of episodes about a whole bunch of different things that we can do to support ourselves yeah yeah and we have 
um, just a final minute or so. So if you want to add in a final question before we fully wrap up today, um, and we'll try and our best to kind of get that answered for you. Um, but kind of to summarize what we've been talking about today. Yeah, summarize it for us. Um, to summarize with this year's theme for Mental Health Week being naming it, not numbing it, we've been talking about how important it is to recognize our emotions. And you came up with some really great suggestions for naming our emotions, so emotion lists and checking in with ourselves, um, the fact that I might be a little bit vulnerable to name those emotions and it can be difficult and mm -hmm. it's something we need to practice. But then also kind of that reminder of for us to be able to practice emotion regulation and naming our emotions. We need to be aware of them and then we also need to accept them. So that's what can be really difficult to accept those emotions, but incredibly important to be able to look after ourselves and you know, be able to look after ourselves as well as, you know, support others around us as well. Yeah, and break down the stigma in general um, with mental health in general, but also with naming those emotions. There are no bad emotions. You're always valid in whatever it is that you're feeling. I'm looking at you, what really works, listeners. You're always <laughs> valid in whatever it is that you're feeling. Um, and we're here to support you. There's lots of people out there that are here to support you. Tune in for more things during Mental Health Week because I'm sure that'll, there will be lots of people that want to talk about what we can do to support ourselves. And it's a really, really important conversation for us to have. Yeah. Challenge you to tell one person how you're feeling today and try to tell them honestly what you're feeling. That's my Olivia What Really Works challenge. <laughs> I'm going to start it. I'm going to start a weekly challenge. That would be fun. I love it. Anything else that you would like to add, Becky, before we close out here? Take your time. This time it comes to talking about how to support our mental health, I always just really want to encourage people to take your time and take those baby steps because please do not go away from listening to this and watching this and thinking, I now need to start with my emotion check-in list. I need to be asking myself how I'm feeling every day. I need to be journaling. I need to be thinking about why I'm overwhelmed, I need to be doing X, Y, and Z, like that is overwhelming in itself. So please just take it easy, like do one simple thing like you say, like maybe it's just like saying one emotion to a friend today um, that you're feeling. Or maybe it's just like Googling emotion lists, like start small and build up from there. Um, like we said, this is something that we need to practice. So take your time with it, go slow with it, there's probably going to be some times where we trip up. That's okay. Mm -hmm. Just be kind to ourselves. Be compassionate to ourselves. Um, and any times we do maybe get things wrong or they didn't go the way that we hoped, like use it as a learning moment and a growing moment rather than a kind of a, a moment of kind of like terror and a moment of telling ourselves like this is so scary I'm never going to do it again. Yeah, and so uh, celebrate yourself. You've already done something by listening to this live mm -hmm. about mental health thing yeah so it's a great start and keep on going uh we're not you're never going to be perfect with it there's plenty of days where i do a lot more self-soothing than i should self-care and that's just the way she goes sometimes but as long as we're we're trying our best and yeah yeah i think i think that's it from us today i think that's it from us today as well I just want to say thank you to the team that's helped us today. Thank you to everybody who's listening. And thank also you. a huge shout out to Staple Studio Canada for letting us use their spotlight space today. That's meant that we've been able to come to you live, 
socially distanced. Um, so a huge shout out to that. And tune in to our other episodes and have a wonderful, wonderful mental health week, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Staples Studio is a co-working space for those looking for a safe alternative to working from home. I know I feel so stuck at home these days, and going to Staples makes me feel like I actually have a change of pace. They offer not only a safe space to work with desks, offices, private phone booths, and meeting rooms, they are connected to the Staples store where they have everything you need under one roof. Studio is more than just a co-working space. Studio is a community to help you work, learn, and grow. Follow them on Instagram at Staples Studio Canada for more information on locations, pricing, and amenities. Please visit studio.staples.ca and book a virtual tour. Thanks again for listening to us. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. You can find us on all major podcast streaming platforms. And if you don't want to miss any future episodes, you can follow us or subscribe to What Really Works. To find more from Discovery College, go to discoverycollegecolona.com. And thanks again to Staple Studio in supporting us to produce this podcast.